My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, they have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So early in March, I traveled once again to Italy with our Pellegrinaggio and Italia program that we've been doing at Merrimack since the year 2000, but hadn't gone for four years. We were able to return. It's a great trip. We follow the footsteps of St. Augustine, starting up near Milan. And on the second day of the trip, we go into the city of Milan to visit the Cathedral of Milan, which still contains the uh, excavations of the baptistry where Augustine and his friend Olypius and his son Deodatus were baptized in the year 387. So as we get there, we got off our bus. We had to walk through this very high-end shopping mall that Milan has. And then you emerge out of the shopping mall into the piazza or the square in front of the cathedral. And as we did that, our students saw the cathedral for the first time, and it is a stunning building. It's one of the most beautiful buildings ever built by human beings. It's stunning. And they saw it and they gasped. These wonderful sacramental gasps of noticing something so beautiful and seeing it for the first time. And I allowed them to gasp. And then I couldn't help myself and I had to say, yeah, it's nice, but it doesn't have a bowling alley. So you see this building does. Downstairs, there's a six lane bowling alley and an eSports studio and a golf simulator. And none of that is in any of the great cathedrals of Europe or anywhere else in the world. But here at Merrimack College, this is where we worship, where we pray. It is wonderful to have you here. Wonderful to have you back on campus. It's great that we're once again able to host St. Michael's Parish for events. We are in St. Michael's Parish here. And uh, we're happy that we can gather here, gather our wider community in, in this, on this campus to, to pray and to celebrate this great season of Easter. You know, to believe in Easter is to believe that God's goodness will triumph over evil, suffering, and death. 
To believe in Easter means that God gets the last word after all of our words have been spoken, after all of our bickering over who's, who's right and who's good and who's better and more deserving. When we finally are silenced, then God can speak. And when God speaks that final, definitive, last word of all of creation, it is a word of life and not death, a word of love and not hate, a word of peace and not violence. It may seem so often in the din of our lives where we are competing and contesting and arguing and trying to find a way to exert some power and control over what isn't controllable that God is silent, but not on Easter, when all the other sounds are over. The only word left is God's word. And God's word speaks and life happens. Easter is about the faith and trust that regardless of how many other words we are hearing and seeing, how many other actions that are totally different than this word of life and love and peace that God speaks at the end of everything, that God's word will be the last word. And that evil and suffering and death, even as they rage and even as they affect all of us, even as they continue to exist. Easter faith tells us that the day will come when they will be silent. And the only word left is God's creative word of life and love and peace. And we trust that. And that's why we celebrate today. Even though we still are surrounded by plenty of evil and plenty of death and plenty of suffering because we know that the last word will be God's word and that will be life and love and peace. See, the thing is, the death of Jesus came about because the powers of the world, those who use the weapons of evil and suffering and death for their power, found him too inconvenient, found him too threatening, decided that their world would be far better off without him. And so they made his life disposable. They tried to end it and they succeeded. He was indeed too much of a disruptor. He was indeed stirring up hope in the wrong people. He was indeed making things turned upside down and changing the way things are supposed to be according to the powers of this world. And so he had to go. His life was disposable. But on Easter, this feast we celebrate today, we celebrate 
and as much power that death has, how easily we can make each other disposable because we're too inconvenient. And some would think the world would be better off without us. That God spoke and the life of Jesus becomes eternally significant, moving from disposable to absolutely essential. Moving from a world better off without him to a world in which he is the center of everything and in which we share in his eternal significance. And so there is more to celebrating Easter than singing Alleluia. We celebrate Easter most fully and completely when we follow the one whose life was considered disposable, when we allow him to disrupt us, when we allow him to stir hope in us when there's no good reason for hope, when we decide to trust his way and let him turn our upside down world right side up again by making the last first and the least the most and the broken whole and the dead raised to life again. So let us sing our alleluias and then get busy celebrating our faith of Easter, that our God and not any of us, our God has the last word and God's last word is God's first word. And it is a word of life and not death, of love and not hate, of peace and not violence.